Blog Talk Radio. Good morning and welcome to Gigabit Nation Broadband Talk Radio. I'm your host, Craig Settles, and I will be with you today uh, talking about um, universal service reform and a number of very significant broadband issues. I am very happy today to be broadcasting from the uh, NATOA conference. Uh, this is where all the government techie officials come together and plot out all kinds of great strategy and moving things forward. And it's been a very uh, interesting start to this session. Uh, I want to thank all of our listeners for, for tuning in today. And uh, let's get right into it. I mean, our guest today is FCC Commissioner Vignon Clyburn and who I am extremely happy to have as a guest today. And I really you know, think this is an excellent opportunity for people to get a, a handle on what is becoming a very important uh, discussion right now, which is you know, broadband, broadband adoption in America. Right. So Commissioner Clyburn, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. It's my pleasure. And uh, I, was telling, I was telling her a minute ago, this is the future of, of talk radio, you know, just being able to like set up wherever you have a computer, broadband connection, and a microphone. And I think this is an excellent, you know, wave of the future here. And I am very excited to be a part of it. Uh, we are at a diff- an interesting crossroads uh, as it relates to information delivery, mm-hmm. as it relates to the dexterity these platforms that you put forth have. And so, you, it, it in terms of you know anyone with a series of good ideas um, uh, can more affordably each and every day come to market, so to speak. The traditional barriers that were there are quickly evaporating, and um, there are certain things we, we used to laugh in the regulatory space about working ourselves out of a job. This is the, in the, the one instance where in terms of increasing the exchange uh, in this uh, uh, ecosystem, so to speak. This is the one time I would like to work myself out of a job and having more <laughs> inclusion in this uh, right. in this space. Because I think, from my perspective, it's it's an evolution that's that's happening. I mean, jobs that were traditionally done one way are being redefined by the technology and, and the economy respect, and the economy. Mm-hmm. Definitely the economy. Yes. But at the same time, it opens up opportunity. And, and it's it's up to us to be flexible enough. You know, I've always uh, liked to use the example of a eucalyptus tree. Mm-hmm. You know, that it's it, it's it's strong, but it bends, it doesn't break. Right. And this is the type of mentality that I think we need to um, better cultivate if we don't already have it mm-hmm. um, going forward. Nothing is guaranteed by way of employment. Um, nothing is guaranteed by way of traditional media models. We've seen. Um, uh, most of the markets where there used to be two dailies, uh, there there may be one, mm-hmm. and that one is um, is struggling. Um, some of the owners that we knew that helped cultivate um, my development uh, in terms of uh, your radio, uh, they're no longer um, the owners. You've got mm-hmm. um, consolidation. You know all of those things that um, while there may be natural migrations um, from some perspective, for some perspectives. Uh, it's always been a concern with me, both as a, a consumer mm-hmm. and now as a, a federal regulator. But these are the realities that we have right now. But it's, so it's up to us to use the tools that we have uh, as, as, as much as we have and align ourselves with like-minded folk mm-hmm. who want to have diversity in this space, and that's important. Mm-hmm. And, and taking off that theme, t- taking off on that theme, to put this in context, I think a lot of our listeners know, but. 
the Universal Service Fund represents such a transition because this was a fund that um, originated with the idea of helping people get um, traditional telecommunication, the telephone, basically the telephone. And now we've taken this and it has become a, a significant fund, and now we want to transition that into uh, facilitating broadband. For those of who don't know, who only have an engagement with their this universal service fund, when they see that um, part of that of their bill, when the they bill. see USF and they fuss and try to say, what's the other tax? This mechanism, this funding mechanism, has literally connected America. In places where it's difficult to serve, it's difficult to uh, make the economic uh, model work to serve, uh, difficult um, when you have places that are low density or high cost mm -hmm. because of, you know, um, you should not be penalized where you, you know, by where you live. Right. You should be not, be not penalized uh, by not being able to connect uh, to others. You should be able to live and work uh, where you can, uh, you know, where, where you want to and are able to. There are some parts of the country, it's too cold for me. I don't understand why you would want to live there. I love my friends in Alaska. I don't get it. But that notwithstanding, um, you should be afforded and be able to afford basic, at the time, you know, basic connectivity, mm -hmm. basic voice service. And so the universal service was put into place to fill that gap. They knew that in rural and other high-cost areas, say like, you know, Hawaii or, or Puerto Rico and those areas where the terrain is, 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 um, is beautiful, mm -hmm. but the terrain um, doesn't allow for the, uh, uh, you know, the economies of scale and scope and the ease of deployment that, say, uh, you know, where, where we are in, in the heart of this Dense, uh, um, you know, San Francisco right now. Right. So you've got those differences, but this country wisely said, we're not going to allow those differences to be barriers for Americans to be able to connect. So you've got this fund that fills the gap, mm -hmm. and now the way in which we communicate is ever changing. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, we we've gone from that what we call plain old phone service, which the Universal Service Fund has been um, supporting all the time. Now we're going like, okay, wait a minute. I'm using my cell phone now, mm -hmm. or you know, or, or I'm using um, VoIP, you know, voice over the internet. I'm using you know my uh, what is provided by say my cable system mm -hmm. or, or or other uh, types of um, competitors in the market, not just your plain old Ma Bell um, <laughs> system. And uh, that's the same event. When I say old, I mean well, you know, vintage. Right. <laughs> you know, a little bit. And so you know, I don't mean that disparagingly, but right. what I'm saying is the way we communicate is changing. And so at the FCC, we recognized that, and we said, okay, we need to make sure that that flow that you pay every month, if, if you you know, with mm -hmm. on that um, on that uh, uh, phone on that legacy phone um, bill, that it is supporting the way in which you communicate, and increasingly that is on a broadband platform. Right. So that is why we're at this crossroads. They're talking about how we got here, incredible connection, you know, well over 98% in terms of um, um, the availability of a plain old telephone service. Mm -hmm. Now people are communicating differently, and we need to have different series of conversations to address that. Right. So let me take one, one program in particular, the E-Ray program, mm -hmm. uh, which was designated to facilitate um, telecommunications at the school and libraries and, and, rural health. and, and, and those areas. Mm -hmm. Now we're talking about uh, reforming that. Now there was one wave of reform changes that happened 
well, I guess six months ago or so. How do those changes increase people's ability to get to broadband? I, I don't know. If right, in, in a number of ways. What we did um, uh, late last year was say, look, um, we've got um, a, a, a program um, that has done an incredible job of connecting schools, libraries, and providing uh, the mechanism um, for neural health. We started having um, these conversations, and, and as you said a few months ago, mm -hmm. um, um, uh, passed a pathway to allowing uh, these um, entities to be able to uh, open up. Say you've got a school in, in an area where, the, where that uh, learning environment or that facility is basically the epicenter, especially in rural communities. Mm -hmm. Schools are oftentimes the hub for everything that goes on on in the key. If it's not the church, it's the school. Right, exactly. And so what was happening is at 3 o'clock or whenever the kids were, um, were dismissed from class, mm -hmm. that epicenter closed and that ability for um, individuals who may not have broadband at home, mm -hmm. who may, uh, you know, not have other means of connectivity when they needed to do the homework or when they needed to engage how, uh, with their, uh, for services, need to fill out applications or whatnot, they did not have a means. Now, uh, these epicenters can stay open later can serve the communities in which they are serving from an educational standpoint. Now they have the dexterity to do um, that. Another thing that we're proud of in that particular um, uh, move that we address is that we said, look, we know that what you paid for uh, something, a device, or what you paid for um, that connectivity uh, back in um, 2000, might not be the same as it is today. Mm -hmm. So we've put in just adjustments in for inflation to recognize, um, so, so to to help with your spending power, to recognize uh, uh, that you know things just don't cost the same. Everything is um, going up, even though you've got economies that are pulling you know the price down in terms of you know that computer might cost some you know a little different. That mm -hmm. doesn't mean that connect that the um, the means in which uh, that infrastructure is necessarily going down proportionally each and every year. Right. And so you've got, you know, um, you know, that in place, um, you know, that, uh, you know, that, that would help uh, in terms of uh, 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 ensuring that these epicenters, and I, and I, I really am I'm using that um, for a reason, right. um, are, are able to, um, to, to, to better serve the, the community. So you've got um, these things um, going on, and we're very proud of that. Mm -hmm. Do you know if there's a, another wave of changes coming to the program that will open it up even further to being a powerful epicenter? Well, I, I think the ability for those very same, um, uh, you know, the schools and the libraries and the, those health centers to be able to shop for other providers. They don't have to just go to the traditional, the legacy mm -hmm. um, provider uh, to um, to uh, connect to service. They're able to shop around. That flexibility would um, will help them better tailor make that product or tailor make whatever their needs mm -hmm. uh, to their communities. And that um, could help, um, you know, have a downward pressure on price and it could help you better address the particular needs of the you know community because if you've got you know one provider that does something one way mm -hmm. that doesn't necessarily give you the dexterity you need to do other things so I think um, that component of it um, that um, I, sh I should have mentioned first up is, is going to give the flexibility that um, uh, communities need to address their particulars so the word uh, wisdom would be to the communities would be to look at their e-rate program 
reevaluate it in the context of these changes and figure out how they can strengthen broadband overall for the absolutely you know that this type of engagement um is not only uh is is not not only beneficial to local communities it's beneficial to us in terms of you know what do we do next to uh to be partners uh in this uh process what do i do as a regulator what types of things that i do i put in place to ensure that i am not in the way of um of you strengthening your communities but am a, a conduit for you uh, to do just that. Mm-hmm. And so you've got, you know, a commission who who is um we're in the communications business anyway, mm-hmm. but it has a willingness, you know, to listen and to do what we can to ensure that that, that type of engagement um is a positive one. Mm-hmm. Let's look at another um area within Universal Service Fund that's also being reformed, which is the the Lifeline program. Mm-hmm. Now, and again, in its infancy when it was originated the idea was that a subsidy would be provided to individuals who otherwise would not be able to get basic telephone service. Mm-hmm. And as I understand the discussions to date, the idea is to now give people an option of taking the $10 or whatever the, the amount per person is and give them the option of going to use to use broadband. Mm-hmm. So the first question that comes to mind this is an idea I've been floating around. Okay. So, you know, you can tell me if it makes sense or not. But if I look at a community and say there's 10,000 people who are eligible recipients mm-hmm. for this grant, uh, for this uh, for this subsidy, would it make more sense to have the community be able to aggregate the total amount of money, mm-hmm. so 10 times 10,000 is $100,000 a month, and say, you know, we as a community have this much spending power, we want the world, whether it's nonprofit or private sector, whomever, to come to us with an offer. How can we best um, maximize broadband adoption with the total amount of money that we have, as opposed to looking at it as I got a bunch of individuals running around who were giving subsidies to? You know, uh, the old uh, state regulator in me, because I spent 11 years on my state um, Mm -hmm. commission, would say interesting, and it's an interesting idea anyway, but, you know, interesting in that um, you've got some states that deregulated on a, the energy side that did do that, you know, make mm-hmm. the attempt to to bundle and to leverage and to use those resources to get themselves, a, you know, a better series of products, mm-hmm. you know, lower rates and the like. So your idea is, is, is one that's novel. I hadn't thought about it. Uh, in, the, in the current um, structure, however, we do recognize that in a lot of households, when you look at um, – uh, uh, monthly engage weekly, biweekly, and mm-hmm. monthly engagement. That ten dollars might be the by um, me might be exactly what they need to provide that service to ensure that that young person in the home or that m- maturing person who needs to have that type of engagement with their medical professional or, or that individual who can't wait in queue to to have a computer open at the library. That might be that amount that they need to sign up for a service. Mm-hmm. And so um, while I am totally open to new and innovative ideas, it, it sounds novel, I also know that one size does not fit all, that um, sometimes you inherit what what you do and you try to work within that framework, you know, to make it better. My approach to regulation is to try to 
to um, you know to look at all of that. I, I believe in a melting pot, mm -hmm. you know, of regulation that to uh, uh, again incorporate uh, new and uh, those novel ideas that you put forth, but also recognize that you've got an existing platform. You got people who are um, uh, you know who might be buying um, cable service, who might have um, phone service, and they might need just a little bit. If, if they bundle that, um, and we don't aren't standing in the way and saying if you got a bundle of service you cannot use it. Mm -hmm. See how it stands now is I've got a phone service, that subsidy only goes for that. If I have a bundled service, then I can't even though the phone service is right. a part of it, mm -hmm. it doesn't migrate. Those types of um um barriers um you know we're in the conversation of of eliminating mm -hmm. because again we're trying to encourage the the most efficient uh, the um, uh, most affordable way, and a bundled service in a lot of um, uh, markets are the you know is, is the best right. way to do that. Right. So, if that could, will make the difference with you choosing that, you know, I'm not knocking you know cable mm -hmm. and, and whatever else you have bundled. You know, now they got foreplay in some markets. Right. Um, uh, you know, again, we don't want to stand in the way of ensuring that everyone in that household has the type of engagement they need, both from an entertainment um, perspective, from an educational and healthcare perspective, from a platform delivery perspective. And that's um, why we are, uh, you're going to see us very, very consumed over the next few weeks mm -hmm. as it relates to universal service reform and life, which includes lifeline and income. Right. Because it seems like broadband is bringing new kinds of challenges, both in, you know, when you talk about telephone services, the telephone services are fairly cut and dry. You have mm -hmm. local service, you have long-distance service, right. you know, and it's not too complex. Now we talk about broadband, you know, you have bundled packages, then you have the different speeds, and you have different providers. But it's fabulous, and, though. And then, right, but my, my point being is that it seems to require a certain level of dexterity in how the program gets structured or how reform happens because you're reforming from a traditional world right. to a untraditional world and trying to make things work there. And, you and, and you're absolutely right talking about, um, you know, legacy systems, that um, this worked for a number of years under the traditional, what we call the traditional legacy framework. Mm -hmm. But we are changing. We're evolving. We're, you know, becoming increasingly so, uh, you know, a, a more global community. So how do we give you know, our citizens, the means in which to communicate. When I went to my last um, doctor's appointment, she would not see me before I filled out an online survey. Hmm. I had my appointment. She, I just happened to run into her, and she said, you did not fill out your online survey. Now, how she know I didn't fill it? She did. Um, she was not going to keep that appointment until I, you know, did that. Right. And so the way in which our professionals are engaging with us, mm -hmm. that's changing. And so we as a commission have to change with it, have to have to recognize that we need to be in sync with the way, you know, our nation is evolving, with the way consumers mm -hmm. and, and with the way um you know healthcare providers, with the way um, you know, educational um you know, persons who are uh, educating our, ourselves and our children. Mm -hmm. The way in which they're migrating uh, the way in which they're evolving, the way in which they interact with us, and it's increasingly paperless. Right. And so, you know, those are the realities we have to deal with. And I don't know if we'll have a talk, time to talk about the, you know, the, the educational side as it relates to digital literacy. All of those things come into play. Mm -hmm. um, and all of those things are literally um, the, the um, 
the the programs and the opportunities and yes the challenges mm-hmm. that we're you, you know we're that we're addressing um, you know as it relates to policy mm-hmm. we cannot leave any one um, you know uh, variable out if we do we will not have a opti- an optimal um, you know delivery system we will not have optimal policies mm-hmm. and so that's why you know when you mention your idea um, interesting let's talk more. I also know that not 100% of anybody is going to, you know, use use that. exactly. Right. And so we need that, and, and, and that's, you know, one of my buzzwords in terms of dexterity. Mm-hmm. We need that flexibility. We need to be more like that eucalyptus tree right. to make sure that we have the foundation we need. Mm-hmm. But, the, uh, again, um, you know, that uh, dexterity we need to uh, to change with the mm-hmm. times. So now uh, one of the questions I I wonder about is, does the FCC as a regulatory body, I mean, your mission is fairly cut and dry, but in in introducing some of these reforms and programs, does the FCC have latitude to encourage special types of programs? And let me just give you an example of what I mean. So um, with the Lifeline program, right? So assuming it's a $10 subsidy, mm-hmm. one of my, call it, stock observations of Washington policymaking is we create some programs that people get into mm-hmm. and they're sort of on it and it becomes like a, a subsistence thing, right? They're yeah. just sort of like locked into it, right? And it creates a certain mindset. What about a program or a requirement that says you can, you can participate in the program, but you have to also participate in some other program of your choosing that will help you take the technology and advance yourself? And then if I can go to Philadelphia as an example, so they may, for example, go to a, a nonprofit and say, um, you're currently, say it's a program for unwed mothers. Mm-hmm. So you currently provide services, people have to travel, they have to take off work, whatever. Right. What if we gave people the connectivity, but you gave them training on how to use that connectivity to get services from us, get additional services to advance yourself, sign up for online courses, in other words, they're working with a nonprofit to create a partner program, if you will, to move people. So it's not just we're giving you this assistance, we're giving you a path to a better personal economic space. Now, can, can you as a body, like I said, not, not dictate, right. but encourage and try to cultivate that kind of thinking? Uh, one of the things that we are talking more about, um, both from uh, you know, an engagement side um, um, and from uh, a funding side is to encourage different types of pilot programs mm-hmm. uh, to look at different um, things that are working uh, in in our communities to do just that. Again, um, you know, some of what you say. One of the things that I learned um, kind of the hard way is um, it boils boils down to the um, traditional. When, when when we went to school and we saw the um, uh, basic uh, communications diagram, mm-hmm. you got to have a, a, a basically a willing uh, a, a receiver and right. deliverer of information, and the two have to meet. and And hopefully, you don't have too many jagged you know, dis- <laughs> disconnects. Right. And so, when we talk about something novel, when we talk about you know having things with um, with uh, you know. Uh, Different types of, you know, you can call them mandates or, or different types of obligations. Um, we've got to be careful, uh, you know, to make sure that our good intentions are being received in that same way with the individual. And so, 
Um, I, I, I'm not, you know, will never, um, you know, discount a good idea, um, but I am always conscious of, you know, how that will be received. You know, does that individual have time to do some of the things in which um, mm -hmm. you put forth? Does that have the individual have, honestly, you know, the capacity at this time right. to, um, to, to make that engagement? You know, sometimes you're dealing with, um, you know, generations of, um, you know, reinforcements that sometimes are positive and sometimes not. Right. And so you've got to take all of these things and, um, you know, looking at, um, you know, and it's difficult, you know, but looking at, um, you know, um, individuals and how they receive, how they engage, and know that, you know, Mignon needs sometimes no hand-holding, but sometimes Mignon needs a hug. Right. And so, you know, um, it's very seldom, but, you know, Once sometimes while, every now and then. And you have to be ready to deal with and that. And exactly. And so that's why, you know, we talk about, you know, basically that same, you know, knowing your audience, knowing how people receive. Offering that as an alternative, and you will have some people engaged, but do not get frustrated with the individual or frustrated with your, um, you know, with, you know, what you put forth if everyone does not embrace. Um, and that's kind of difficult for us who are trying to do, uh, you know, things, uh, good, do things, mm -hmm. good, do good things well. Right. Um, it is very difficult when people don't embrace what we, because we, we, you know, we've got these intentions. Right, we've got these great ideas, and we have these great intentions. Right. But we've got to know that there are so many other variables, including timing. Um, it, and to me, timing is usually the biggest thing. You mm -hmm. know, it, 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 you know, how we process, you know, how much money we w would have, you know, how much coverage you get on, you know, um, um, about your, you know, all of these things. Basically, to me, it boils down to timing with almost everything that right. we, you know, exactly. um, you know, all of these encounters. So if we keep all of this in mind, and and not only as policymakers that, um, the, you know, go back to your word dexterity, mm -hmm. but as persons who care about things in this space and who want to deliver a product or who want to um, offer option, options, that you have to be, um, you know, as, as, as you know, have that level of dexterity mm -hmm. um, too, because you don't know who that potential consumer will be or how they will receive. Right. And so that's why, you know, fundamentally, mm -hmm. I don't knock it. I just know that um, you've got the human element, mm -hmm. and when you have the human element involved here, um, you know, we've got to recognize that there's sensitivities that we're going to have to address. Right. And that brings me to one of uh, one of the issues that I have had some debates with some folks, uh, policy folks about. It doesn't surprise me. You had some debates, really. <laughs> <laughs> Blair will tell you a story or two, I'm okay, sure. Okay, <laughs> no doubt. No doubt. But one of those, though, is I am pretty adamant about involvement of the community. Okay. And I take it from the perspective, because I started in the private sector. The mm -hmm. government stuff is kind of recent for me. Okay. But the biggest mistakes, the biggest waste of money from a technology procurement and implementation has been when the corporate leaders will make a decision to buy an application mm -hmm. for a thousand people, and they assume because they work for them, they have ultimate, you know, you have to do this because you work for us, right. and they'll buy some technology, and the technology doesn't get used yeah. because there wasn't input from the people who actually do the work, who do the job. And so I look at the broadband stimulus program, mm -hmm. I look at other government grant programs, and one of the things that, that bothers me is that I don't feel there's enough opportunity for the communities to define their needs versus where, you know, there's a role for the private sector, right. but it seems to be weighted heavily that we will give them 
uh, dollars and cents. We will give them the latitude. We will give them the access to help define what the program is and what speeds are, requirements, and so forth and so on. Mm -hmm. But you know, where does the community come in as far as defining what the technology makes sense and who they want to do business with? You, you, I, I'm not going to disagree with you at all. We've, but when we look at the number of proportion of persons who've adopted in this nation in terms of um, a high uh, broadband uh, in the home, it is well under 70 percent. It's, it's, mm -hmm. it's, it's, you know, depending on who you talk to, you, right, right, right. Six, six, you know, 67 percent. And when we look at that other roughly one third of Americans, um, and it, there's no one reason why, um, you know, that they haven't subscribed. So when you look at things like that. You know, you've got to recognize that. You know, you, uh, again, I go back to you've got to address. You know, all, you know, all, all, all of these issues, and um, it is we often fall short, um, and, and this is why it's so important to have this engagement. We do often fall short on a listening tour side. Mm -hmm. We, I will admit that um, that, and, and, and it's everybody who's guilty of this. Again, you have a good idea. You have what makes sense. You're sitting in a room. You know you're you're educated to do this. You got your degree here or there, and um, so you say this is how we execute this function, and this will do this because you know uh, you know my uh, my formula says that. That formula is missing that human element and, and engagement. Mm -hmm. So you're absolutely right. That I don't. I think uh, you know because of time, because of resources, or because of I don't know what. Um, because maybe people don't want to hear certain things. There is a disconnect at all levels mm -hmm. of you know persons going to communities and say, what do you need? What you know? What can I do for you? What would help you you know better educate your children? What would help you better educate yourself to 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 move to the next level mm -hmm. in terms of you know um, as, as your question. Of, um, you know, self-sufficiency or prosperity, or, or just you know, um, just overall you know, mental clarity. What what do we you know what do we put in place? That does not happen on a broad scale. Mm -hmm. um, I, all I know to do is um, uh, you know from a granting uh, you know those of you those out listening who are uh, potential um, you know grantors. Build that into you know part of it because a lot of times things are excluded from what can be you know reimbursed. Yeah. So right. build that into mm -hmm. the base that you would require that type of you know outreach that that type of um, engagement and maybe we will have you know better um, outcomes. Um, you know you made me think about uh, the uh, when you mentioned the uh, broadband stimulus you made me think about some of the centers that are currently existing in terms mm -hmm. of uh, you know community centers and the like that, that have the hardware and the software to serve communities. My biggest thing that frustrates me right now, that we've got, you know, the schools that who are able, you know, that have the ability to open because of what we passed. Mm -hmm. Does everybody in the community know that? Right. Are the schools, um, you know, open? You've got, um, you know, libraries who um, have been connected. When are they open? Are, if they're open from 9 to 5, who are they serving exactly? You know, when you when you have these community centers that are, you know, at these technical colleges and like, again, do they have, um, you know, who's going in? And if the numbers are low, if the engagement is low, why is it low? Right. Again, I said you've got to look at the community, and if everybody is working, if they got to get kids the, the kids ready by seven to get on a bus, if they got to get themselves to work, 
if they don't get home till six and you close at six fifteen, <laughs> you know, it's I, like, what's the point? You right, know, you're, you're, so, you're you know, defeating your purpose. Again, that's why um, there is a need to take the pulse of the community. So you're absolutely right in that. And when do you need it? How do you need it? Uh, um, and where are places that people have? There are places that things are being done that the FCC is hopeful that we can be a conduit that would, you know, put on our website, look at what's, what's going on in, in, you know, um, in this part of the world, you know, how people are getting out of there, you know, going mm-hmm. into people's homes or mm-hmm. going into, you know, uh, places of worship mm-hmm. or, or going into, you know, schools to try to, you know, sometimes the biggest way is to, to go to the kids and get the kids sold and yep. that gets the parents. You know, everybody. Yeah, they'll go you know, and they, roll they, it back exactly. up. And, and so, so what do we do? Um, you know, how do we approach it? And you're right, it's getting on the ground, um, you know, remembering our grassroots mm-hmm. uh, engagement and, and talking to people and seeing what they need as opposed to saying build it and they would come. Right. They don't necessarily come. Is there the possibility that at some point there will be a structure that will, in essence, shift the power so that um, communities are making direct input in terms of dollars and cents. In other words, if because what I'm starting to read about and hear now from people is that, you know, our community contributes X. People are looking at that aggregate thing, right? They're no longer looking at it's $14 on my phone bill. They're mm-hmm. saying, you know, we have 20,000 people. We have 100,000 people. We're putting X amount of money into this pot, but we have zero input on how that comes back to us. Right. Can you know, can can we envision a day when this whole thing kind of flips around and it's more that, you know, yes, the FCC gets the money mm-hmm. collected, but it, a lot more decision-making ha- happens at the state and county level. And I know this is, there yeah, are people who are against that right. structure, but it just seems like with the technology issues, uh-huh. that makes more sense. I think you, you bring us back to exactly, you know, why we here, we're here in this level of engagement that we're mm-hmm. here at NATOA. Um, I um, it is not unnatural, I guess, coming from a state commission for for me to have these types of alliances, and and um, I, I, you know, there's there's more room, you know, uh, you know, at the end, so mm-hmm, to speak, mm-hmm. you know, there's more room for, um, you know, the persons that, you know, to have more of that engagement. I think if we, um, you know, personally and professionally go out of our uh, comfort zones a bit more, uh, you know, a bit more often. Uh, that uh, that we uh, you know engage with persons at different um, levels along the delivery uh, chain, so to speak. Um, that we would that that things will be more seamless. That you will have more cooperation. That you will have more of engagement. You will have more public-private partnerships. Right. You will have all you know uh, be the um, uh, you know the be the voice to encourage all of that. Because if we're doing a better job, meaning as state, uh, federal, state, and local officials working together, um, I'm hoping that that would be more contagious. And so, um, you know, all I can know to do um, is to is to lead by example. Right. Um, to um, you know, you know, to talk about it, you know, in, in speeches, you know, to to do what I can, not to embarrass people, but to you know, kind of forcefully encourage, right. um, you know, persons um, to you know, replicate things that that are working in, in other places. Because no one entity has the resources, especially the economic resources, to do what all needs to be done. Mm-hmm. 
you know, the federal government can't do it. Private industry is not going to do it unless there's a return on it, you know, uh, on, on, on investment. Um, and so what do we do? And that's why, to me, that's the role of federal government, right. to be that gap. Um, you know, to to serve as that um, substitute for competition where it, it doesn't exist. And I do remember that you were a vocal supporter of communities' rights to, if they want to, and if they deem it uh, appropriate and effective, to have their own community broadband networks or to 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 enter into the public-private partnership of their choice. Yes, there's a lawmaker or two that didn't agree with me. That's quite all right. Um, I understand. But, um, <laughs> again, um, you know, I recognize a number of things that, you know, persons who are have taken the responsibility through appointment um, or through election, um, uh, you know, to serve the communities, you know, the mayors, the, you know, the people, the persons here at NOTOA, they mm-hmm. see what the needs of their communities are. They know that this infrastructure, this is infrastructure that we're talking about. Right, exactly. That this is a pathway for economic development. Just as clean water um, was and continues to be, just as, um, you know, um, drivable roads, you know, pathways to, to, you know, in terms of access. You know, this is access, you know, to, uh, uh, to our communities from a communications, from a technology side, which attracts business. So these communities, especially smaller communities now, that in order to give themselves an edge, that they need to have this flexibility to address the particular needs of the community. And so that's why I was so, so vocal about um, you know, that type of autonomy mm-hmm. uh, that local communities could have to address the particular needs that they have, especially um, you know, from a technology infrastructure side. And let's be honest, when you look at, um, you know, either uh, what's available in terms of, um, you know, high-speed servers mm-hmm. or where um, there is or is not competition, it happens, usually happens to be in the lower-density areas, again, where the business case um, cannot be made. Government, the government as its best comes in and addresses that. And communities, when it's done at its best, with that engagement in which we're talking about, mm-hmm. it benefits communities, and you attract those phone centers in those small towns that were unlikely ten, you know, years ago. You attract that industry that might have, um, you know, gone offshore to say, okay, hey, I can come into, okay, I don't, I, I don't know California that well, other yeah, than big right. cities. But you know, I can come into you know some you of the smaller. Or Thank you very much. All Thank you very much. Smaller places yeah, and that. reverse the offshoring and come exactly. back to, to onshoring. I mean, basically making our folks here in the U.S. be able to take advantage of the the, the productivity and so forth. Of in the communities where there are incentives, in communities where there's a, 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 a probably a, a different way of life in communities that are more affordable, mm-hmm. um, you know, and, and not that I'm against, you know, I'm a country girl, but not that, <laughs> and I, and I'm not against big cities, mm-hmm. but I am for, you know, all communities um, being the best that they can be, and these technologies, and that's why we're so vocal about this, right. these, um, the ability to address the needs, to fill the gap where those um Providers, you know, either the internet service providers or the incumbent telephone providers, just have not been going. Mm-hmm. What is a neighborhood or what is a community to do when the, uh, there is not the build out there? What are they to do? Um, you know, when it's not happening naturally, what are they to do? Right. And so that's why um, we were so uh, vocal a few months ago uh, uh, about. Um, and to me, that's logical that. because I mean, I look at 
the uh, regulatory bodies as not an anti-business entities. I look at them as they are pro-consumers. I mean, someone has to speak for all of those folks out there that don't necessarily have a voice. They don't have the resources, which actually leads me to a question, which is um, maybe to put on a consultative hat for a second. Um, I know people in Wisconsin and uh, Massachusetts and just all over the U.S. They don't have time to come to Washington and do workshops. They don't have a voice that matches those guys that have the, I don't know what the, the, the catch word for lobbyists is today, but... It's lobbyists. You know, thank you, <laughs> but, all right. So they don't, they don't have this resource, right? Okay. I remember when I came in for the, uh, for the first meeting for the broadband stimulus, when they were laying out the initial rules, and there were lobbyist firms who hired people to hold their place in line for the first meeting. Well, the brothers could have had a catalog day, right? Right. And so, <laughs> but, but, the, but the question is, how do we create a balance of influence for the common person? How can I, in Milwaukee or wherever, be a part of the FCC process? You know, when I read about 10,000 people mm -hmm. submitting uh, comments, right. I am okay with that because clearly that represents a broad section but how does that person feel like, is, is my voice going to be heard, or do I need to go find a thousand other voices before we make a commitment? I mean, what do I do to not just be this lonesome voice out there? From my perspective, um, you know, just with our engagement, you know, we're one-on-one. -on -one. Mm -hmm. Good ideas can come from one person. Um, and um, I consider myself an approachable commissioner. Um, my uh, telephone uh, number is listed. My email address is accessible. Mm -hmm. And so it's incumbent upon all of us as individuals to follow certain dockets, to follow certain proceedings, you know, to, to and to voice our opinions at each and level each and every level, including the federal level. Um it, it's got to be a proactive engagement and you cannot get discouraged if at first you don't succeed. Right. Um, you know, the, one of the things that, you know, for better or for worse, lobbyists just don't have the money and the access. It's not just that. They come in and out of your space all of the time, even if their your last decision was not a decision in which was favorable to them. Right. And so, again, while you may not have uh, the income, why you might not shop at, and I mentioned books, brothers, nothing against them, but anyway. Um, <laughs> you know, you know, what, you know, you, you may or may not have the time to do that on a regular basis. I am saying to you that if you, um, you know, align yourselves um, with other grassroots organizations who will tell you that my door is always open, they will tell you that the first meeting I took as a commissioner, I did not, I closed my door for a month. And the to, to to learn and have an engagement with my with uh, uh, inside of uh, my commission. The first meeting I took inside of that month was with a series of grassroots organizations. Mm -hmm. I did not take the traditional institutional corporate. Right. Business. I wanted to get the type of foundation from individuals who I knew um, were challenged. You know to have that type of engagement. So I say to you, you've got a commissioner here who is about as down home as they come, <laughs> who is, you know, willing to have that type of engagement, mm -hmm. who adjusts her schedule to 
probably in more proportion, as much proportionate as we can, mm -hmm. to get on the phone with you, to have um, you know a high-speed engagement with you, to um, to come to see you in your communities. Um, didn't have time this trip because this was literally a turnaround. But traditionally, when we go, you know, to speaking engagements or we have a conference, we go outside of those walls and try our best to have hearings and 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 have different types of engagement at um, you know schools, at libraries, at, at community centers, um, and the like. And we do it, um, you know, just we do it more so than not. So it's up to you to make the request of us. Right. It's up to you to say, look, we've got this issue and we would want, um, and if my schedule permits, if I have the budget, it's always budgetary. It's always if budgetary I have time. the dollars, if I could, if I'm Atlanta in Atlanta and can swing over to Columbus, I, I you know, I, I, you know, I will, I will do that. And so it's up to the communities not to, um, you know, be resigned for what it can't do or what you feel you can't do or what you feel you don't have. Mm -hmm. It's up to you, I think, to use the strength of your position, of your conviction, you know, of your verbal dexterity, of your passion to come in and engage and challenge people like me to do better. We want to do better. We want to be better deliverers of, um, you know, you know, regulatory policies that enhance this nation. We want to do so. We need your guidance. We're not removed. We need your guidance to do so. And instead of, you know, you hear about people being critical of those in government, okay? Everybody has to step up. Everybody's got to step up. You've got to be a part of the solution here. Right. Or whatever you think is wrong or deficient will perpetuate itself. I'm willing to listen. And so call you know, and, and let's have a series of conversations to 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 get things moving and the better in the direction in which you think your community needs. Okay, I know that you have to get ready for a, a keynote, so I don't want to keep you much longer. But there is one more sort of burning question. Um, I never want to set up a situation where we start getting into a rural versus urban, because from my perspective, we're talking about a technology that doesn't care. I mean, the Technology is a very neutral beast. Right. All it is, it is there to be used right. by whomever, right? What I do feel um, has happened is that we talk a lot about the rural communities, and these are all legitimate issues that are brought up about their needs, the, dense, the population density issues, and so forth. I also feel that urban, low-income communities suffer from a different kind of issue there's is maybe there may be four or five competitors on paper. Mm -hmm. They may be exposed to all kinds of advertising from a variety of places. But when you look at infrastructure, if you go and look at infrastructure in the you know what we down here call the Badlands mm -hmm. and the Lowlands, mm -hmm. and you go and look at infrastructure out in the birds, it is different. It is. It is different. And it's usually based on income. It's income. It's it, not. It's, it's uh, you know, and so you know we can call it you know. What you know, what we want, you know, we've we've got um, words and phrases that most people know that I, I won't use. There are realities. You're absolutely right. You know, when you live in certain communities that might not be as affluent, um, you know, you not only not have a grocery store. There are a lot of things that you, you know um, right, you exactly. don't have. And so, yes, you're absolutely right. Though I, I will, I've, I've said plain. You could probably tell by the accent. I am from a rural state. Mm -hmm. I also recognize that there are, um, uh, you know, urban and suburban, uh, you know, persons out here um, who are not connected. Um, whether it's 
from a you know you live in a building that's um, you know too old to be wired differently. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, again, you live in a community where um, you know this product is offered and across the street is not. I can't tell you the number of friends that I live one and they live two blocks away and they don't have the same access. Uh, you know, I, I do because you know the infrastructure for whatever reason has stopped. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, just shy of their um, curve. So yes, you're right. You're absolutely right. These um, um, uh, are are we cannot have a, a, a monotone message, and we can't have a very myopic, um, you know, uh, you know, perception or delivery of service. You're right. Traditionally, it's it, it's it's been so long that you know rule just got less um, until and, and and usually it is true, but um, our office is very sensitive to the fact that you've got you know people who. Um, you know who might, uh, uh, you know who are living in a, a space where you might have a lot of numbers, mm-hmm. but they still um, do not have the type of infrastructure in service, and uh, and and we're we're aware of that. And um, in terms of policies, um, you know, um, I, I don't want anyone to think that I have a hundred percent rule bias. I'm mm-hmm. quite rule bias, <laughs> but not a hundred percent, you know, rule right. bias. That you know, I've got family. Um, most of my people are East Coast. But um, most of my family are New York and Philly and 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 the like. Um, mm-hmm. and very few of us stay down south. You know, they, we have the northern migration, like most other families, and um, and so I'm sensitive to their needs. So um, uh, you've got an agency that is is, is acutely aware of that, um, and that if you, you so if you hear us saying rule too much, then that's call for more engagement. Right. That don't make sure you don't forget about the urban communities that are not adequately connected. We're definitely in tune with that. Right. And I think that's, you know, that's all uh, good stuff and it's, you know, the best that we could ask for. I think it's clear from your comments and from, you know, just how the world works that people do need to continually engage. And it is frustrating sometimes and there is that perception of, you know, we're all individual Davids against the Goliath and the Davids aren't quite connected, you know, though as we get more broadband, we get more connected. But, um, you know, it's been a, uh, um, you know, like a, a perception thing. I think that it is helpful when our leaders, particularly our leaders in the regulatory agencies, are taking that proactive pro-consumer stance. I know, for example, in North Carolina, they are extremely appreciative of the support because whether it was big city in North Carolina or small, you know, this issue of autonomy was very important. And there was, a, there was that feeling that, yes, we have uh, a champion. So people came together and they worked and they pushed and, and all of us. And, and, we, and we appreciate that. So, uh, you know, I, I appreciate that, too. It's, it's, we're chuckling. We'll talk about it, it, um, it actually in a few minutes. Um, but, uh, you know, it's very seldom you get, you know, recognized uh, for uh, something where the outcome was not, necessarily optimal, but that's a lesson to all of us. Right. That, you know, um, it, it is about the effort. It is about the engagement. It is about being right. None of us is guaranteed a certain outcome. Right. What we can control is, um, uh, you know, our space, our means to communicate, our means, to, you know, ability, you know, to be right and how we can, you know, we can control our message. And um, how the public, um, re- you know, how the our lawmakers or whatever receive it, you know, that's an unknown. That's a variable that we may not have as much control over at the time. But you never know 
what that stance, what that position, that lawmaker who might have taken that vote, but right. in a couple of years the environment might might change, right, exactly. and he or she would remember what you did and why you did, right. and the, um, the 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 uh, the ecosystem or the delivery or, or or the engagement may be different. So that's why I say to all, you know, do not give up um, in this quest to connect our communities to engage with um, officials like me. Mm-hmm. Do not give up, even if one, two, three times, of you know, in terms of engagement, that you don't get the result that you want. You don't know how you change my synaptic patterns. <laughs> um, and, 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 you know, sometimes when you least expect it, something comes forth and you have, ah, she listened. Right. You just don't know. And so it, it's an up to all of us to have this continued engagement and to not give up in terms of serving our communities to the best of our ability. Right, and that makes a lot of sense. Well, I want to thank you, Commissioner. This has been uh, extremely enjoyable. It's great to have you know a, an open conversation and talk about these issues that are important. I know that uh, you know what the FCC does is very important. I know this reform, you know this USF thing is is crucial because these are not minor dollars and cents we're talking about. It's billions of dollars. You're and absolutely right, exactly. Mr. And everybody puts into that. You know, it's one of those egalitarian funds that everybody that pays for. You know, so I think that there's you know there's interest and. Uh, it, it's helpful to know that there's a there's there's a way uh, there's a way upward and onward and so forth. So again, thank you very much. I understand you're going to be up for an award at the. Uh, it's, a, it's amazing, and and I want everybody to know that we said yes to coming before we knew about the award. Um, and, and then we we uh, because this is uh we've got to head back. We don't get back to the East Coast until mm-hmm. one o'clock in the morning. Oh boy, we've, we've got um uh, I've got I think uh, another Congressional Black Caucus weekend. Mm-hmm. I've got something to do then. We've got a meeting, and then I head um, uh, to um, East Africa um, that night without packing and without having. Um, I heard I need a pair of socks. Believe it or not, I don't have a pair of socks. And so, you know, there are a lot of things that. Yeah, no, can can somebody send me a pair of socks? You know, up to my knees. I don't have any. Um, So, you know, there's a very small window Mm -hmm. for us, but we thought that this was important because um, we're committed to again. We don't agree on everything, right. but we are, are committed to the same type of engagement as Natal. So we thought it was so important, even though we knew that we would uh, uh, we would put some eyedrop place in the business yeah, on, you know, there tomorrow. You go. There you go. Um, but we thought it was important to mm-hmm. be here. So I am really, um, I'm really quite honored that, um, regardless of the outcome, that um, this group recognized our efforts, right. and that tomorrow is another day. And there you go. Well, again, thank you. I also want to thank our audience for listening. I want to thank uh, Natoa, who helped set this whole uh, interview up. It was like the logistical craziness here for the last 48 hours, but they all came together, and this, this has worked well for us. I also want to thank Jay Ovatore, who uh, your office knows, um, that he is my sort of co-pilot here and helping in the chat room and keeping things uh, chilled out in there. And our we have media sp- uh, partners, uh, Broadband Communities Magazine, uh, GigaOM, uh, and community networks, community broadband networks. And so all of these folks who have helped make this possible, you know, thank you, and maybe we can do this again. Maybe I'll come to Washington because all I need is my laptop and my little microphone. Uh, and yes, and it's a very nice little microphone. <laughs> nice, nice little microphone. So come I on over. I have to say, this is all pretty crazy. All right, well, thanks again, and you have a great rest of your day. I'm looking forward to catching your keynote. Thank you. All right.